0: Another episode of Outside, the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And we are back on a Monday. It is Monday, October 16th. And for those of you that have went to Comic-Con in New York, well, congratulations. I am so happy for you. <laughs> no, as you know, I couldn't go because I had to work. I had to work and pay bills and do Adult things and, you know, just everything that adult that needs to do in terms of paying shit off and everything in between. But if you did go, I hope you had a great time. I know that there were a lot of things that, you know, I hate the feeling of fear of missing out the FOMO fear of missing out. I hate that feeling because every time when I see my friends and certain people having fun, having a good time, especially when I've been doing it for so long, you feel something. You feel something, and it's like, God damn it! I really wish that I was there too. Charlie Cox was there. Uh, he was wearing this character called Bluey, that had like a soccer jersey or football for some people. I don't know. I, I'm like, who who the hell is that? I don't know. If I saw him from afar, I don't think I would recognize him. Maybe I would. Some people did, but I'm like, God damn it! Charlie Cox, Daredevil was there. Oh my. God, I can't believe it. I would have definitely wanted to take a picture with him. Oh, man. But there's always next year. There's always next year. And like I said, if you did go, I hope you had a fantastic time next year. I will be coming back. I will be coming back to New York Comic Con. Mark my words. (laughs) Like a cheap-ass villain that I just made. Oh, my goodness. Regardless... I know I'm going to go on YouTube and watch a lot of the upcoming shows and upcoming, you know, comics and other exclusive stuff that we haven't seen yet. And apparently there's going to be a, you know, a a new lineup of brand new comics that's going to be coming out, especially one that have piqued my interest a little bit called Spider-Boy, who is Spider-Man's sidekick in a way. I never understood why there they decided to do that and for Spider-Man to need a sidekick I mean Spider-Man is good on his own I guess for the Marvel Spider-Man 2 char- uh, character of Miles Morales you can kind of count him as a sidekick I don't do that I count him as essentially equal partners even though Peter Parker came first but for Spider-Boy by the way Spider-Boy is not Miles Morales this is a completely different character same sort of new design All blue, a little bit of red instead of all red and a little bit of blue. And I don't know, I'm going to have to look into this a little bit more and maybe do like a deep dive character of this guy. But if it's for the young audience, for the little guys, and it's for an audience that the comics can actually gear towards to, okay, I'm all for it. If it's something new and something that we can actually enjoy a little bit, and it's something that we can actually appreciate and have fun reading, awesome. Maybe he could become a value member of the team of the New Avengers. (laughs) And I know there's a new comic line called Gangs of New York, Spider-Man Gangs of New York, and it's about the street heroes where you got spider-man you got female daredevil you got she hulk and you got all these other ones luke cage and a few others going up against the hardcore criminals of new york city they're gonna bang together to take new york city by storm so it's up to spider-man and his team in order to take them down once and for all i feel like i'm talking about spider-man and friends on this one <laughs> by the way oh man I, by the way i don't know I guess I'll do a little bit of reading. That's what I kind of want to do for the new year of 2024. I guess if I'm making my resolution right now, a little bit of goal setting. I want to get back in terms of reading comics. I want to get back in terms of reading fun comics where I can understand the characters and I can understand how they tick, what they do, what's their motivation, how they're Villains could go up against them and how they're tested, whether it's morality or their character. Will they go too far? Will they don't? Or, you know, will they don't? Things like that. <laughs> it's Monday morning, guys. Give me a break on this one. Give me a break. But that's kind of what I want to do. I want to read more comics, especially under the DC lineup, because in my opinion, DC has way better comics than Marvel. Marvel is better with the movies, so to speak, and DC is better with the comics. So I kind of want to get into that a little bit more, and uh, that's all about it, really, if you truly think about it. It's kind of what I want to do for the new year coming up in terms of reading more Marvel material, especially since we see a lot of these movies that they're just not getting the job done, especially when it comes to bad writing and not doing their freaking homework when it comes to certain characters. But in a way, this would be a perfect transition in terms of one of the news that's coming out where the Marvels coming out in a few weeks that they are projecting a low box office start for the weekend, a low opening weekend. I think projecting around 50 to 75 million dollars. And when I hear about that, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, what do you expect? Look at everything of what's been going on in the past few years. Look at the last thing that happened before this movie even begins with Secret Invasion. Even the studio... Not the studio, but even the director—I forgot his name—and I don't care about looking up his name. Even the main director is kind of throwing the execs and Kevin Feige under the bus, where he's like, "Well, actually, the superpowered female scroll thing was actually Kevin Feige's idea. We had nothing to do with that. He did that. We just follow his orders. We just follow whatever." I'm paraphrasing here. We we just follow whatever he is that he wants to do. And it's like, okay, okay. By the way, this is the same guy that actually told us whether a show that whether we should have high expectations when it comes to certain shows and certain movies and certain content coming out. This is the same guy that actually said that. So whoever you want to believe, do you, boo boo. Do you, boo boo. Whatever the case, I don't care. (laughs) It's just. But anyway, let's get back on track here. The Marvels is projected to have one of the lowest opening box openings in terms of the global box office for their debut November 10th. And uh, once again, I looked upon the trailer. I actually looked at the recent trailer. I had no choice when I went to go and see the creator with a friend of mine and you know they do their trailers and their you know previous your, their previews or whatever and i watched one of them i didn't care at all and that's kind of where i am right now with the marvel stuff going on i don't care <laughs> i just don't care i'm kind of numb at this point i mean i'm sort of enjoying loki a little bit but that's loki and i know the loki thing is We shouldn't even compare apples and oranges, but we are because they're under the same brand. I don't care about the Marvels. Me and my girlfriend, were literally at the point where we're just like, do you want to go see it? And she goes, I guess. I guess. I mean, I haven't even bought the tickets where whenever a new Marvel movie comes out, I get so excited. And this was from pre-Endgame. I get so excited. I buy the tickets at least two to three weeks ahead of time. Where it's like, all right, well, let's have good seats. Let's have, you know, uh, let's get there earlier so we can get our popcorn and our slushies and spend whatever we want to spend on. Because we want to enjoy ourselves. We want to have a good time. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Primarily because I don't care. We're most likely going to see it the day after. Maybe Saturday night most likely. No. Saturday night? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to see it Saturday night. Right after my video game thing that's that's going to be happening where I'm going to be training under the video game, you know, for voiceover and whatnot. And I don't care. (laughs) I mean, look at everything of what's been going on so far. Ever since last week... With the whole announcement of Daredevil firing its writers. And Kevin Feige looking at all of this. And go this is not working. We're going to have to restart mostly all of this from scratch. Obviously you can't do that with the Marvels. Because it's been postponed five times. But am I alone in this? Like you tell me am I alone in this? Like no there has to be a lot of people. That are just sick and fed up of everything that's been going on. Sick and fed up of. Literally the bad content that we've been getting, which is why it's very interesting that under their news, other news came out, and it says that Secret Wars, the epic movie after the Kang Dynasty, is going to be a soft reboot to all of this. It's going to be a soft reboot to the entire Marvel franchise as a whole. And I'm kind of looking at that, and I'm kind of on the fence about that. Do I think they need a turning point, a complete, literally just scrap everything and just begin anew? Absolutely. But then, does it fix all of the issues of what we've been getting? Does it fix the terrible writing, the bad CGI, the forced diversity of the MCU, the political messaging? The legacy characters the characters before being tarnished does it fix all of that because if it doesn't what the hell is the point what the hell is the point of giving us a reboot if you're just going to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and nothing changes if you're doing a soft reboot because you want to bring back certain characters that we thought we lost forever in terms of iron man black widow and a few others I kind of get that, but again, what is the point if you're not going to fix what you have now? Maybe this is their way of saying, you know what, we've tried everything we could, and it's just not working. We might as well follow James Gunn's example with DC and Warner Brothers and just start the whole thing from scratch. If you're going to do that, Take some time, take a huge break, take some time, go away for a while, just go away for a while, gather your team, gather your writers, gather your producer, especially gather your writers, because the writer strike is over and now people can come back to work. Gather your writers, gather your directors, competent directors, gather your producers, have a long meeting, and I don't mean a day, I mean a month multiple weeks in advance talk about what is your vision where do you want it to go what do you want it to be what do you want to change what is the finality what is the goal because you have to stri- you have, to have a clear direction in terms of where you want to go to reach that finish line with Marvel Phases 1 to 3 the main goal the Infinity Saga was about Defeating Thanos. It was about the Infinity Stones. It was about saving the world. Countless times over. What is the direction for this reboot? Is it going to be facing off against another gigantic threat? Is it going to be Thanos once again? Because I hate to break it to you. We're not old. And we're not stupid. If you're just rehashing what you've already done. But just changing things differently it's kind of going to piss off your fans where you're like well i've already seen this so what can you provide that's new that's different that's better and that can actually pique their interest i keep saying this over and over and i hate when i admit this but the superhero genre within marvel as a whole is dying and you have to give us something new, something exciting, something that we can sink our teeth into so we could be like, I can't wait for the next thing. Where yesterday was good, but next week will be even better. I want Kevin Feige to go on record to have a press conference to say, listen, guys, we fucked up. Everything to Endgame was near perfect, not everything was perfect, but near perfect but we had a goal, we had we had an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people that's what he should do and just say guys, in the last few years, we fucked up and we want to rebrand not rebrand, we want to reboot this entire thing Some of you may not agree with it. Some of you will. Some of you will be happy. Some of you will be sad. We apologize. We fucked up. I fucked up. But we gathered our team. We gathered together the best writers, the best directors, the best people. Marvel fans. We gathered together fans. And hard workers that knows what they're doing, that knows how to tell a story, that knows how to direct in terms of movies and television. And we're going to take our time. We're going to go back to the dance of what brought us here. And we're going to take our time. We're going to take a break. We're going to hash this out little by little. And we're going to give you something bigger and better that has never been done before. That's what Kevin Feige should do. So if this soft reboot actually indeed happens, I'm all for it, but you got to do it correctly. I should be a PR for Marvel. <laughs> I should be a PR for Marvel. <laughs> uh, just... <laughs> Oh, man. But anyway, I said last week that we're going to speak about what's going on with SAG. And I know few people already went into detail, but we'll be right back where we will talk about what the hell is going on with SAG and the whole strike that's going on. And it's going to be a doozy. We'll be right back after this. We thought we were going into a clear direction when the writer's strike ended. We also thought, okay, if the writer's strike has concluded as peacefully as it did, well, I wouldn't say peacefully, when it took about 148 days in total for this to even fall through, we thought, hey, if this can be done, then SAG-AFTRA and the SAG strike can be done too. Oh boy, were we sadly mistaken. Now, I don't want to go into the meticulous details in terms of what exactly is going on because, for one thing, I don't know everything what's been going on behind closed doors. All I can literally say and judge is based on what is reported to us and what is reported by numerous amounts of people that have the inside scoops of what it is that's going on. But the fact is, it all comes down to two things between SAG and the AMPTP. It all comes down to two things. AI and residuals. AI from the AMPTP side and residuals from SAG side. Now, before I continue on, I want to put a disclaimer here. I think both sides, I understand both sides in terms of why they want to do what they want to do. Quite frankly, I don't really agree much more on the AMPTP side because I think it's just downright stupid. But I get as a business in terms of why they're trying to make a decision to incorporate more AI, especially for future movies and future films. I think it's wrong. Honestly, I think it's wrong. But I get why they're doing it. You know, this is a show where I look at both sides of the coin here. I also understand Sack's side on the residuals. I'm going to talk about that in detail in a bit. But I understand on the residuals part. And I understand that like writers, actors should get paid more. Especially if you're an upcoming actor and you're literally working for pennies on the dollar in order for you to make ends meet. And I'm not talking about the usual, you know, big time celebrity SAG members like Leonardo DiCaprio and Anna, Anne Hathaway and I don't know, Denzel Washington, whoever else that you can think of that are high celebrities. I'm talking about the hardworking average Joe that wants to go into this business because they absolutely love it and they love it and they want to do it. And it's their passion. It's their dream of being an actor full time. So, I can understand their concept too, especially since we should get compensated, especially for what we do. But before I continue on, here's the here's the gist of what I know, and you can decide for yourselves on which side you're you're part of whether you agree or disagree or whatever the case may be, right? From the AMPTP side, the representatives for the studios, they essentially want to incorporate AI in everything of, you know, future content of what they're going to produce. AI is such a hot topic and it's such a sort of tabooed subject that a lot of us, voice actors in general, like myself, we are strongly against. Because we don't want to use or any studio to use AI because, one, it takes over our work. It takes away what we do. Not to mention, it doesn't engage with the audience as well as the studios think they do. Because whenever we do our work, it's all about the conversational, the casual. Just thinking that we are the person, your man's best friend. your Man's best friend is a dog. Your best friend next door. That's that's what it is. Your best friend next door. We want to tell you and talk to you like a human being. And that's how it should be. And that's how it should be in general. AI, when studios want to incorporate AI, there's usually a bunch of reasons. And usually it comes across to saving money. And it comes across to just using whatever voice or likeness that they want in perpetuity, however they want, whenever they want. Because like always and like studios have proven time and time again, all they care about is dishing out content. They don't care about the quality of content. At least most don't. Some do. They don't care about the quality of content. They care about dishing out content. They're business people. They want to make money. For the AMPTP, they want to incorporate AI. I keep on saying that word incorporate. (laughs) They want to use AI where they have a system in their contracts where when you sign for their movie or their script or whatever the case may be, you have to sign over your face, your likeness, your voice in perpetuity forever. SAG is fighting against that. Because if I'm a director or producer or studio exec, and I hire you to be the next, let's say, I don't know, Tony Stark, for example. Let's say I force Robert Downey Jr. This is an example. Let's say I force Robert Downey Jr. to use his face and likeness for whatever it is, however it is that I want. He signs over and says yes. Okay, awesome. Now we're in business. Iron Man 2 and and 3, I don't have to pay the real Robert Downey Jr. to come back as those movies. I can just use his facial features, his likeness, put it on another schmuck, and then just use it for any movie that I want for future franchises to come. And I can understand as a business in terms of why they're doing that. One, it saves them money. Two, it defeats the hassle of, God forbid, something something happening to the actor or the actress, and if we need this actor to come back, because let's face it, let's look at Marvel, for example, because this is a Marvel, obviously, this is a superhero podcast. Let's look at Marvel, for example. A lot of these actors and actresses don't like the idea of signing themselves to do multiple films within a franchise. They don't want to sign a multiple film deal. One, it takes away from opportunities from them to do something else. And two, it limits them from having any other creativity from any other roles or any characters of what they want to do. They become pigeonholed. That's the term, pigeonholed. Classic example would be um, Macy Williams, Arya Stark, Arya Stark, you know, because you don't pronounce the R, Arya Stark. Macy Williams would talk that it would be so freaking difficult to get a role after Game of Thrones ended because of who she was as a character and that it's so hard for studios to want to take a great show like that, despite the ending of season eight, it still was a great show up until up until the ending, and then use them to whatever other films and projects that they have in the future. It's hard for them to gravitate towards that because they've been only one character for so long. They've done only one thing for so long. Another example would be Elizabeth Olsen. She hated the. She hates the idea of not branching herself out to be any and anybody new anybody different and is only recognized as being Scarlet Witch or mom mom mommy shit like that they hate that idea so with the studio's perspective they want to capitalize on using the actor's likeness and whatever image they want and them essentially telling themselves hey If you don't want to do any more of my movies, if you don't want to do any more of my films, that's fine. I'll use your likeness, put this on this other actor, pay him or her a fee, and then you can go on and do whatever it is you want to do. The problem with that is if you do that, one, the audience is going to tell that it's fake. We're not stupid. We're not dumb. We're going to tell that it's fake. And we're going to be taken out by the experience of the movie right then and there. Not to mention, that essentially stops, uh, prevents studios from paying the actors or the actress. Because once something is in perpetuity, that means forever. So if I hire you for something for your likeness and it's forever, I don't have to compensate you anymore on using your likeness however it is or however way that I want. SAG is fighting against that. And it's kind of bullshit if you truly think about it, because if I'm getting my likeness taken, you best damn well believe that I want to cut every time you use my face to however however it is you want. What if you put me in a porn video and my face is on it, but that's not really me? Oh, but uh, but but it looks like you. It sounds like you. And I can't work with you on for your future projects because I just saw you in this porn video. What the fuck? I was never a part of that. I never signed away, but you signed your likeness away. You signed your 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 facial features, your voice away in perpetuity. It's in the contract. Do you understand why this is a huge problem for SAG? So, like I said, as a business, I get it when the studios are doing this. Especially with Marvel, if they want to bring back Tony Stark and they want to bring back Scarlet Joe I'm sorry, they want to bring back Robert Downey Jr., they want to bring back Scarlett Joe, Chris Evans, and whoever else they want to bring back. AI could save them a whole lot of hassle and a whole lot of money for them to dish out whatever content they want. But it screws over the actors because they're the only ones that can actually bring those characters to life. And it becomes a problem. So I completely understand why SAG is fighting against that. I don't agree with it in any way, shape or form as a business. I get it. I think it's fucked up. I don't I don't support it in any way, shape or form. I really don't. I feel like if AI is going to be used, especially when it comes to your main characters or background actors, you should give even the up and coming actor. A chance to be in your movie. So that way they could have credits. And they could have a resume. They could have a portfolio. To to go into their next thing and go here. This is what I've done lately. Give me a shot. Give me a chance. Let me knock this out of the park. Let me knock it out of the park. It's bullshit. And I don't agree with it in any way shape or form. That was from the AMPTP side. From SAG side. It's a little bit different. Because of residuals. Everyone is in all talks with residuals. Everyone believes that they they should be paid more. And you're right. We should be paid more. Especially since we're bringing your project to life. And if you're making X of millions and millions of dollars. Especially from subscribers. Viewership. Ticket sales. And whatever the case in between. We should get a cut of that. We should get a huge portion of that. From SAG side. They came into this meeting on a table, on a table, on the table, and they said, we want, along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, we want 57 cents or under 57 cents per subscriber of whatever show that it is that you're producing. And PTP is going, fuck you. You're not doing that. 57 cents. And I get it. I understand 57 cents is not really a lot, which is on record, it's like 2% of the studio execs earnings or whatever the case may be. And the whole narrative on Twitter has been like, well, 2%, it's nothing. Here's what you're not understanding. And we're going to sh- divvy away a little bit on this, and I under- I'm going to talk a little bit more on the business side of it. There's a reason why on Shark Tank, I watch a lot of Shark Tank. There's a reason why on Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary, the main shark himself, the the guy, the bald guy that always sits in the middle, there's a reason why he does royalty deals and in perpetuity deals a lot more than equity deals. Where he comes out of nowhere and he goes, uh, I'm giving you an example. He invested in a company uh, in a company called Wicked Cupcakes, and on the show. And I believe they're still going now to this day. I don't know if they sold out or not. Whatever the case may be. He goes on the show and he goes, I want a dollar a jar in perpetuity until I get three times my capital back. And then it drops down to 50 cents. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. I think I messed up here a little bit. I want a dollar a jar until I get paid three times back. I think he was... Investing like $50,000 or $100,000 Let's say $100,000 Just for the sake of argument here I want a dollar a jar Till I make back three times my capital So $100,000 goes into $300,000 Then it goes away Then that dollar goes away And I want $0.50 in perpetuity per jar forever Forever They came back and they were like We'll give you $0.40 And they settled the deal with $0.45 The reason why certain investors do those type of deals is a way for them to get their money back quickly because they're not 100% sure if a business or a company is going to succeed or if it's going to fail. If it fails, the equity deal is worth nothing. You get back something, but you don't get back a return of what it is that you're investing in. That's why Kevin O'Leary does more... In perpetuity deals, not in perpetuity, but they, he does more royalty deals. This is why he does more royalty deals, so that way he could get his money back, right? Now I understand that I kind of confused you here a little bit, so let's go to into the average man. Let's say I have a Patreon. Let's say I produce excellent quality content for videos, which will be coming soon, for videos where. I charge per subscriber a dollar, just a dollar, a dollar, a dollar for them to subscribe and they have access to all of the vaccine stuff all vaccines, all the backstage stuff from the makings to, you know, ex- Uh, exclusive uh, exclusive content maybe there's content that I could provide where it could be better for you in terms of mental health or you know advice on how to overcome your traumas you know things like that and all it costs you is a dollar a month sounds pretty good right and I get a thousand subscribers that's a thousand dollars a month if a dollar is too much for you 50 cents let's say I charge you 50 cents You become a subscriber and you are in it for life. You have access to whatever you want and you can get whatever you want and all it costs you is 50 cents, 50 cents. I make $500 per month where I can use it towards my bills because I still have to live. I still pay for groceries. I then reinvest into my company so I can produce better quality content, entertainment content, for you. You give me 50 cents per month. I get paid. It all adds up together. $500. Okay? That's all I get. 500. That's it. And then in return, I produce great quality content for you. Win-win, right? Win-win, right? Let's look at this as the same concept in terms of what Sag and the AMPTP is doing. They want under 57 cents per subscriber. Now, once again, you may think 57 cents is not a big deal, but what you're not understanding is that adds up over time. Netflix is on record to have over 200 million subscribers, 200 million. Other studios have over 500 million in subscribers, especially when it comes to because we're in the streaming service. Now we're in the streaming business. They want a cut of subscriber Because they believe that that's what they bring to the table. The studios go, fuck you. That's not happening. You want more than what I can provide in terms of a fee. It adds up altogether. So with the narrative in saying, oh, it's just going to cost 2% in terms of the subscription base. What you're not understanding is... That's nearly half of their profits of what they can do for themselves as a business, reinvesting into themselves, reinvesting in paying off the whatever it is that needs to pay off. Whether it's production companies, whether it's studio companies, visual effect companies, paying back their staff, paying back whatever, that entire chunk of money as a whole would nearly bankrupt them going forward. So when they think it's 2%, it's really not. That would cost the studios over 500, maybe over 800 million dollars in profits. So of course they walked away. Of course they're probably thinking to themselves, "You are not serious in negotiations. We're going to walk away." Now, in my opinion, if it was 25 cents, that could be good. 35 cents All right, pushing it a little bit, but we can go $0.35. $0.57? No, not a chance. Not a chance. And like I said, it adds up over time. It really does. So that's pretty much the gist of it all. There's the part where the MPTPs and the studios, they want to use AI and SAG, Just want their residuals. There's no telling when this is going to end. There's no telling if there's going to be another. For one thing. This is not just. All right. Let's just not negotiate anymore. They have to negotiate on something. Two sides need to come to the table. They need to compromise on something. It's pretty clear that this may exceed towards the new year. I don't know what's going to happen. And like I said, I don't know every single thing because I know there are other factors that are coming into this. But those are the two main things. And at this point, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Maybe SAI can come down on their residual ask for to 25 to 35 cents. And maybe the studios can back off on using AI in perpetuity. Because that's not fucking happening. Not for actors, not for voice actors, not for anybody. We're not going to let machines or we're not going to let, we're not going to have AI overtake us in the hard work of what we've been doing and then ruin our chances of making a living. Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. So all I got to say is both sides better get their shit together. Compromise on something. And let's get back to work. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, if you think I am out of line, if you want to have a conversation about this in any way, shape, or form, you know what to do. Go to voiceofgarcia.com. Go all the way to the bottom of the page and then email me directly. Where I will see whatever you want to say. And then I can talk about it on the next episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It does me wonders. We are so close to episode 200 of Outside the Comics Volume 2. I can't wait to provide what I can provide. And maybe I should follow James Gunn and Marvel's plan on rebooting my thing. Maybe it's time for me to do something new. Maybe it's time for me to treat this more as a business as opposed to a fun hobby. And uh, I say by episode 200, I have a few things planning. And, uh, you know, with me making a different transition in my life right now, I can't wait to show what I can do. And I mean show what I can do. Tune in next week where we will talk anything else when it comes to Marvel comics, moves, shows, movies, whatever the case may be. And remember, if you haven't gotten your Marvel Spider-Man 2 game yet, what are you waiting for? Go get it now! Pre-order it, and then it's coming out this upcoming weekend. It's going to take me some time to play it, but I'm going to take my time. And avoid any spoilers. Shit. Remember, guys. When it comes to anything that we talk about, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it controversial or otherwise. Stay safe till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.